Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. The theme of the service is walking in God's plans for your life. All right? But I'm not going to talk... I'm going to talk in that direction, but I'm going to take it from another direction. And um, I truly believe that you're going to be blessed. Okay, if you have your writing material, wave at me. Uh huh. If you have your phone, you can wave at me as well. <laughs> Fantastic. All I just need you to do is to write. And I truly tell you that you're going to be blessed. Now, let's go quickly to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. This morning, I'm talking on walking in God's plans for your life, but I am taking it from the concept of adoption. Amen. I'm going to take it from the concept of adoption. And there is a doctrine of adoption. All right. There is a doctrine of ad- adoption that the doctrine of ad- ad- adoption is what I'm going to be talking about this morning. And I want you to open your Bible with me to the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 12. Romans chapter 8 and verse 12. Well, because of time, let's go all the way to verse 15. Can we read together, everybody? Are you there? You can see it right here. All right, let's read together. One, two, ready, and read. Oh, read it one more time. One, two, three, go. Is that way you can read it in such a way that those all the way down in Ife can hear us? Can you add some fabency to it? Can we do that? All right, one, two, three, go! Aha! Now, that's, that's, that's beautiful. Now, the word adoption there, all right, is a very powerful word and the word adoption for many people when you hear that word adoption what comes to your mind first is African magic a little girl at the age of 16 gets pregnant she doesn't want to keep the baby she throws the baby on the street after, after giving birth to the baby and then one good old man driving past sees the baby, carries the baby in and then everyone says wow, adopted the baby Do you realize that the English law did not recognize the concept of adoption until the year 1962? Reason is because it was unthinkable at that time to believe that you can be legally, you can have a legal right to keep a child without you being the biological parent of that child. And so for many years, the English law did not accept that doctrine, or pardon me, that concept of adoption because it seems far-fetched 
how would I give birth to a child? And then all of a sudden, you now say, okay, you are not going to be the one of, the, I don't want to hold the child anymore. I'm going to dash the child away. And somebody then says, legally, I'm going to adopt this child. And going forward, I'm now going to be the father, legally, of the child. One of the reasons why some of those changes had to happen is because in America, for example, do you realize that there are over 3,000, listen to the statistics, very powerful, there are over 3,000 deaths of a newborn child daily. 3,000. And because of that, this is why there were now societies and associations that started the concept of adoption, which means you don't want to give birth to a child, but you want to have the baby. That's fine. Bring the baby, we're going to adopt the baby for you. And so, earthly speaking, the concept of adoption was now endured into the culture of our society because of some of the things that happened. Now listen, a lot of people understand the societal meaning of adoption. They understand the earthly meaning of adoption. In fact, they understand the legal meaning of adoption. But there are many people as Christians who do not have a clue or an understanding about the biblical and the theological meaning of adoption. And you see, the biblical meaning of adoption and the theological meaning of adoption is way different from what we see legally and what we see on the earth. And that's why it's very critical that you understand this concept of adoption. And I'll tell you why. One of the reasons why God has helped me so far when I was on campus, I finished from above Federal Law University as well. Was because I had an understanding of who I am and whose I am. I had a critical understanding about it. I knew and I know till now that I'm not an hireling, I'm a son. And you see, if you do not understand this concept, you will be tossed to and fro by any wind of doctrine. And this is why it's very critical that this subject of adoption, which is a fundamental subject in our Christian theology, in our Christian faith, in our Christian work that you must understand. Because it's upon the foundation of adoption, it's upon that foundation you can understand everything that is written for you in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. What gives you the right to say that I can't be sick? Is the reason is because you are now adopted in the beloved. Glory to God. And that's why. And if you don't understand it, going to be a big problem. That's why this morning, with the short time that I have, I'll introduce this teaching in line with how to follow God's plan for your life. Because you'll see in a, in a minute the correlation between adoption and following God's plans for your life. Are you ready to go into it? Alright, let's dive right into it. Let's open to the book of Genesis chapter 48. Genesis 48. Now, before we go to Genesis 48, let's go a little bit backwards to the book of the beginning, which is Genesis chapter 1. If you read Genesis chapter 1, you see the creation of God, and then you look at Genesis chapter 2, and then you see the introduction of Adam, the first mankind on the earth. Now, <laughs> I've heard people say in passing in gist that, you know, let's look at what Adam has done to us. If not because of Adam now, eh? All these uh, things I'm going through, I'll not be going through it. If not because of Adam, eh? da, 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 da. let me tell you what. There is a law called federal headship. That law of federal headship means that the first person 
it's a universal law the first person that is begotten amongst many other takes the form the shape and the beauty in representation of every other person in other words Adam was representing the totality of mankind including you hmm. so the moment Adam was formed you were there did you get what I said there so I can bet you that if you were right there in place of Adam the only difference is that by the time you are right there before the tree of knowledge of good and evil you are going to be doing biggest poor and eating out of it or you'll be checking and say is it giving is it giving is it not giving Ow. this is giving that's the difference because exactly what he did we were all inside of him that's why the bible says that if by sin death came to the earth by one man how much more grace through another amen and so that's why we must go back to the foundation of this critical understanding of who you are in Christ and what then happened the moment Christ died. Because if you don't understand it, look, there is, it's very possible that you, you have one chapter of your life, a, a bad chapter of your life, and that bad chapter of your life may be a result or maybe a financial problem or whatever you call it, and that one thing, you make that one thing the totality of your life. You create a mistake from your own hands and decide to live your life through that one mistake and through the lens of that one mistake. But if you understand the concept of adoption, you will realize that, look, in your mistake, there was somebody right there with you, even in that mistake, who is holding you right there in that mistake and it's just a matter of time. That very mistake that you thought was a mistake is going to turn it around. That's why the Bible says, had they known, they would not have crucified the King of Glory. Glory be to God. So let's go to Genesis chapter 48. And I'm going to show you vice versa in the scriptures. An account of Genesis 48 that is very synonymous to exactly what happened with us in Christ Jesus. So let's go to it, Genesis 48, and we're going to read from verse 1. Glory be to God. Now, if you read the Old Testament, let me tell you something. One of the things I, I, I love to tell people is this. When you want to read the Bible, read the Old Testament and read the New Testament. Start from the New Testament and go back to the Old Testament. Because there are idiomatic expressions, there are ideologies and designs that sit in the Old Testament and when you read it, sometimes you can read it without understanding it. But when you go into the New Testament, you will see that this is the exact thing that was going on in the Old Testament that is now happening in the New Testament. And many times it is right eating in the scriptures, but you can't see it. So I'm going to show you from the book of Genesis chapter 48 that there was an adoption that occurred in Genesis chapter 48 that is very similar or synonymous to the kind of adoption that we have in Christ Jesus. And if you can understand it in Genesis chapter 48, then I will take you all the way down to the New Testament. We'll put them together and then you can see yourself in the scripture. Glory be to God. This is what I want to do for you this morning. How many of you have seen Lion King? You've seen Lion King, Simba. Remember Simba was with the animals, the monkeys and all of those people. Simba that was supposed to be roaring is now sounding like a cat. Meow, meow. But what happened to him? What's the name of it? Lala or whatever Lala, whatever. Was calling his name Simba, and then one day he was going. After he had finished eating with the monkey, 
and he saw water. He looked into the water. Wait, oh, no, be me be this now. All of a sudden, Simba got back into himself. In that moment, the roar of Simba changed. This is what the Bible says, as we behold, as in an image, the glory of the Lord, we are transformed and changed from one level of glory to another level of glory. When we look into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, we begin to see ourselves the way Christ sees us. That's why when I read, when we read Genesis chapter 48, I wanted to open the scriptures. I wanted to read Genesis 48 with me. And so that when I take you to the New Testament, you will see exactly that this concept of adoption is not a new testament, it's not a new concept on the earth. It has existed long and long ago. So Genesis chapter 48, and let's go to verse 1. This is how we're going to do it. I'm going to read from verse 1, and then you're going to read verse 2. Is that okay? I'm going to read verse 3, and then you're going to read verse 4. Is that fine? Can we do that? All right, one, two, three, go. I read first. And it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, Indeed, your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Next verse. You know what? Let's go to the message translation. If you have the message translation, please give me the message translation. That's what I want us to read. The message translation. Fantastic. All right, I'll take it again. One, two, three, I read. Sometime after this conversation, Joseph was told, Your father is ill. He took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and went to Jacob. Next verse, verse 2. Next verse, verse 3. And Jacob said to Joseph, The strong God appeared to me loose in the land of Canaan and blessed me. Verse 4. Let's read it again, verse 4. One, two, three, go. And he said, I'm going to make you prosperous and numerous, turn you into a congregation of tribe. I'll turn this land over to your children, coming after you as a permanent. Next verse, verse 5. One, two, three, I read. I'm adopting your two sons who were born to you. One, two, three, go. So I can bless them. Next verse, verse 10. One, two, three, go. Israel's eyes was poor. It was nearly blind. So it Fantastic. Verse 11. One, two, three, go. Verse 12. One, two, three, go. Verse 13, one, two, three, to go. Next verse, verse 14. But Israel crossed his hands and put the right hand on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and the left hand on the head of Manasseh, the firstborn. Next verse, one, two, three, go. 
Then he blessed them. The God. Next verse, verse 16, 1, 2, 3, go. The angel who delivered me from every evil blessed the boys. We're almost there. 1, 2, 3, go. Verse 17, and when Joseph saw that his father had placed his right hands on Ephraim's head, he thought he had made a mistake, so he took hold of his hands and moved it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's. Next verse, saying, that's the wrong hand, Father. The other one is the firstborn. Place your right hand on his head. Next verse, verse 19. But his father wouldn't do it. He said, I know my son, but I know what I'm doing. Great. But this younger brother would be even greater and his descendant would enrich nations. Next verse, verse 20. And when bless them, Next verse. We're almost there. Last one. One, two, ready, go. Now watch this, everyone. Look at me, everybody. Like I said, I'm just going to introduce this and continue the next time. Amen. Now, the reason why, at least speaking, why people adopt children usually is for three reasons. Number one reason is because sometimes they don't have children, so they have a need to adopt another child or a child so that they can have children. The second reason why they adopt children many times is so that they can give back society. Amen. And then the third reason why they adopt children is sometimes so that they can make manifest in that child what was not made manifest in their own lives. Now if you look at this text that we read, I want to show you the biblical basis as to why Christ adopted us as his beloved. The first thing you must understand or observe in this text that we read, the first most important thing that you must not miss is the fact that Manasseh, let's go back to the book of Genesis 41, 48, pardon me. Let's go all the way to verse 2. Let's go to verse 2. We're just going to put this together. Let's go to verse 2. Genesis 48 and verse 2. Glory to God. Let me, is he on the screen yet? Okay, not yet. I'll read it. From verse 2, it says, And Jacob was told, Look, your son Joseph is coming, and Israel, which is Jacob, strengthened himself and sat on the bed. The first thing you would observe here was that Jacob's adoption of the two sons of Joseph was not because he was going to get anything out of it. The first thing you would observe is that he was about to die. So there was nothing in it for him to gain. 
listen to what I'm saying to you there was nothing in it for him it wasn't as though he was old and then he needed people who was going to take him around when he's old it's not as though he was old and he was looking for people to actually adopt remember he had 12 tribes there was Reuben there was Judah and he had all of the tribes. there was Simon he had all of the tribes. so he wasn't in need of another child it wasn't a need of another child. It wasn't a need of a child of comfort, of someone who is going to, you know, take care of him, someone who's going to take him around where he's going to. He had no need of that. So the first thing that you saw here was that he was about to die and in the process of his death, he was adopting two sons. If you go all the way to verse 4, where we read now, you will see that. Let's go to verse 4. Glory to God. It says, I'm adopting your two sons who were born to you here in Egypt. The second thing I wanted to note is the adoption. Have you written the first thing down? The first adoption, the first thing you saw about his adoption was the fact that his adoption had nothing to do with him. He wasn't getting anything out of it. The second thing you will see in the adoption process in the life of, of Jacob is that the adoption was because of his own biological son, which was Joseph. Did you observe that? He says, I'm adopting your two sons. So the reason why he was doing that again was because of Joseph. Have you observed that? All right, let's go to the third reason of this adoption. Number three is the adoption with Ephraim and Manasseh was for continuous expansion of their kingdom. If you go to Genesis chapter 48 and verse 15 and 16, let's go to Genesis 48. If the media, is it on? It's on. Genesis 48, 14 and 16. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Look at this. And then Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger and left his head, hands on his head, on Manasseh's head, and guiding his hands knowingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. Next verse, verse 15. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my father, Abraham Isaac, walked, the God who fled, who fed me all the days of my life. So the next thing you see there was that the reason why he was doing that adoption was because of the gods of his fathers. Did you see that there? Now, open with me to the book of Romans chapter 8. And let me just push this up a little bit up. Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. And then I'm just going to show you one analogy and I'll close it right there. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. Somebody say adoption. You've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba Father. Next verse, verse 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Next verse, verse 17. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, then that we may also be glorified together with him. Now look at me. Give me my what I asked for, the gloves I asked for. I don't want to waste time. Let me just, I've moved away from so many things I wanted to say. Let me go all the way to the end. Quickly, please. Praise the Lord. 
Now you need to, okay, thank you. You come and help me with that explanation. When they get the glove. But stay with me, everyone. Can I come down, media? I can. Fantastic. Now, watch me, everyone. The moment you gave your life to Christ, what happened to you the moment you gave your life to Christ is the concept of adoption. What does adoption mean? Watch this. If I come to her, please come. And I'm a very rich man. Very rich. And let's assume she has parents. She has parents. So let's just assume she doesn't have one. Um, and so I come to her and I say, and I bring the documents and, and she's, she's, a, she's not an orphan, but assumptions. We're making a lot of assumptions here. Right? And I say, with the document that I have now, I want to adopt her. The moment that document is signed to me, this is exactly what happens. She now becomes, watch this, a legal part of my life. It means that all the responsibility of her life, every single thing concerning her is now on my account. If for any reason at any time, T, something happens to her, she goes to steal, she does something bad, when they are coming to look for me, for her, they are not coming for her. They are coming to me. Because I am now responsible, totally responsible for her. Are you following what I'm saying there? She, in fact, she cannot make certain decisions on her own at a certain age until she gets the permission from me because in the eyes of the law, I am totally right now a father and a mother at the same time. Did you see that? And so what that means, when the Bible says we have now been adopted, what happens right there is that Christ, at the point of crucifixion, you and I were now adopted into God's family. Are you following what I'm saying? To the point that God is no longer looking at you the way he was looking at the devil. You see, I've heard so many crazy theology, crazy doctrines. Things like, do you know that God, there are things you can do that God will be angry with you about? That's wrong. A father chastises a son, yes. But God is not in heaven raging and saying, Ah, look at what you've done, I will kill you. No, that's not God. That's not God. As a new creation, if you understand this concept of adoption, I tell the truth, you would walk on the earth with such a boldness, knowing fully well that, look, anything that happened is a family business. Are you hear what I'm saying? You would walk in oneness, you would walk in peace, you would walk in favor, you would walk in strength, you would walk in grace. Why? Because you are now adopted. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now watch this. If she's going to school, who is responsible for giving her money to school? Me? Oh, really? Napleo, this is not real life. Amen. If she's ill, who is responsible to taking her to the hospital? Why? Because I got a legal document that transferred the responsibility to me. The moment you say, Father, I believe you as my personal Lord and Savior, 
you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth. The exact process was a legal tender was given right there. Now Jesus becomes your father. The concept of adoption. Glory to God. Glory to God. Do I have the, the gloves? Not yet. Wow. Okay. Please thank you. Please put your hands together for her. Open with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Are you with me? Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place? Next verse, verse 3, verse 4. That will be holy. Oh, you missed something there. Read it again. One, two, three, go. What does the word predestined mean? Ahead of time. So before you came, adoption occurred. Did you see that? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it's not like, Lord, carry me, adopt me. No. Before you showed up, adoption was already waiting. Are you getting what I'm saying? Look, as believers, if we understand this concept, I tell you the truth, we're going to do some mighty things for God because we know that even if we're about to fall, it will be right there with you. Adoption. Glory to God. When you are adopted, you live in the house of the person that adopted you. Did you hear what I said there? If you are adopted in Christ Jesus, you are living in the house of God. The house of God doesn't mean church. It means in God's family. In that family, there is blessings. In that family, there is fruitfulness. In that family, there is protection. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says, Let no man trouble me, for I bear on my body the very mark of Christ. You are loved by God. Hallelujah. You have been adopted in God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I had a very interesting experience when I was in school. And can you just give me a signal when this, because I want to go to the next weather when it's here. Had a very interesting experience when I was in school here on campus. Very interesting experience. And that experience taught me the concept of adoption. I remember that a lecturer, ah, those people, shah. I remember a lecturer, I was going to change my course from applied geology, applied geophysics to psychology. All right. I don't even know what I was looking for there. It's okay if you are there. Amen. <laughs> um, and so I went there and I went to meet the lecturer and I said, sir, I want to change my course. And so this man looked at me and said to me, what's your name again? I, I mean, that was the first time I, I, was, I was even meeting the man because I thought it was going to help me to be able to speak to my path advisor. I think is that what they called him. Bad advisor, yeah. So I said, sir, I want to change my course. So he said, okay, that um, it would take me to the path advisor. So he took me to the path advisor. As we got right in the, in the, uh, the office of the path advisor, my path advisor, my path advisor looked at me and said, the man was talking and the path advisor looked at me and said, you want to change? I said, yes, sir. He said, okay, go and bring the form. I'll sign it. The same man that said he would take me to the path advisor looked at the path advisor and said, you cannot allow him to change. So in my mind, I was caught between the two. Wait. 
you took me to the place where I was going to change. The person that was going to help me to change said I was going to change. Now you are saying I cannot change. He fought that matter, fought that matter. I said, I'm not going anywhere. And I remember very vividly, I went to, make I give an Aurijo. I remember I went to Sports Center. That's where destiny are made and men are broken. <laughs> I remember I went to Sports Center. I went there when I came and I stood there and I was just praying to God. And I remember the scripture that wallowed up in my heart. It says, if you then been evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father? Look, if you see scriptures the way scriptures are written and believe scriptures for what it is, I tell you the truth, your life will change. I took that scripture in and I was meditating on that scripture. Let me tell you what happened. Something, something shall happen. That man did something that I was not supposed to do. And in the space of two weeks, they took him out of campus completely. Can, people, can everyone hear me? That's exactly when you understand that you belong to God. And when you know you belong to God, nobody can trouble you. Because there's an, there's an understanding of who you are in Christ Jesus. Glory be to God. What I've come to tell you, the new Ife, this morning, it's a very simple teaching. I didn't go into the depth of it, but I want to put this in your heart. God loves you. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Please don't act like an orphan. His hand is on your life. His blessing is speaking for you. You are adopted in the beloved. Glory to God. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in his presence.